You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. Before we pop into today's episode, I just wanted to read one more review. I'm so excited about these reviews. Seriously, people. So Corey Jamison Keel, hi, Corey, said, Love Amanda's energy and excitement for dentistry. So please, everyone, take a second to rate and review the podcast. It really helps the podcast grow and helps other people be able to find it. And that way we can keep this podcast going on. So now on to the show. So as always, I'm super excited about today's episode. And this one is really timely. And I think one you're going to want to just tune into and maybe listen to more than once so that you can take some good notes and figure out how to move our profession forward. And so today's top five is the top five reasons why dental hygienists should be able to administer vaccines. And the guest that I brought on today is this amazing hygienist that I happened to meet at a speaking event at my alma mater, ODU, and I'd never met her before. And we started chatting and immediately she went from this cool, awesome speaker up on the stage to my friend. So I'm super excited to introduce Lancette Von Gilder to the podcast today. Lancette is an internationally recognized speaker. She owns her own mobile dentistry business. She's still a practicing clinician, a key opinion leader, and she is so big into advocacy that it'll just blow your mind. And so, Lancet, thank you for coming on today. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I am. I First off, thank you for just being my friend. I'm so excited that I met you that one time, like me right too. before the pandemic, in fact. Me right? too. It, I think it may have been my last event before we went on shutdown. I think yeah. you might have been one of the last people I actually saw in real life. And we are on to- <laughs> total opposite coasts. <laughs> we are. We are. It was so funny. Like, you know, I, I totally didn't know you. I was there sponsoring the event with Dental Post. And um, and then we just got to uh, to little chit chat. And then I, I think I Facebook friended you or or vice versa. Uh, yeah. And um, and I loved getting to know you, unfortunately, from afar over this past year. Um, but I'm excited to hear about what you've been working on um, for many years, not just in this shutdown, but it's worked out really well. But before we get into that, I, I tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I've been a hygienist for just a little over 25 years. I I have loved every every facet of the profession and have worked in all the professional roles, everything from an educator to um, a little bit of research, uh, to a clinician, to public health. And I just think that our profession has so much to offer, um, not only for our patients, right, but for this amazing opportunities for professional growth and networking and, you know, meeting new colleagues around the country. I, I just I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a dental hygienist than right now. Oh my goodness. I say the exact same thing. I say it all the time. I get to speak to student groups a lot. And I always say that, that like now is the time I just see our, I see us exploding and and getting to do more things. If we stay engaged and active and continue to be involved in either associations or private groups, but really to continually learning and to push hygiene forward. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. Well, let's get into the top five today, because this is one way that really 
I think that we can really push ourselves forward. So we're going to talk about the top five reasons why dental hygienists should administer vaccines. And, and you've been working on this for a hot minute, haven't you? Yes, actually, uh, my kind of passion for dental hygienists administering vaccines started in 2018. And that's when we really started seeing an explosion of research, you know, specifically related to um, oral pharyngeal cancer, the HPV virus. And um, I just kind of started doing a deep dive into um, public health and public health outreach and, you know, all these barriers that people have when it comes to access to care. And um, I, I look at us as such a critical provider of healthcare services in the dental setting. And, and I think almost all hygienists agree now that we have got to do a better job at bridging this medical dental divide. So I like to say we've been passion, social distancing yeah. since before it was cool. <laughs> since way before it was cool and we are done social distancing, right? So for me, this really has been three years in the making getting to this point. And so when my um, home state of Nevada... Um, the governor passed a directive to allow dental hygienists to administer vaccines. It, it really was a labor of love for me. And, I'm, and I know that the many states around the country are, are doing the same thing. So I, I'm really excited to be here today. And I think the timing is perfect. Now, were you guys the first one to, to No, I don't. I do not think so. Okay. I think maybe Connecticut was the first one. I think they all were happening right around the same time. We've been working on it in Nevada since about September. So uh, it was Great. not fast. You know, it's, it is not, it is not easy or fast to get things done by our, um, all these entities and governments and associations. And, you know, lots of people had to come together to make these things happen. Um, not only in my own state, but other states too. So uh, by no means, was it an accident or was it fast? But what's important is that it did happen. That's exciting. Well, what's number one? What's the number one reason why we should be able to give vaccines? Well, I think, first of all, I think we can probably all agree that the administration of vaccines is a primary element for infectious disease prevention. And we know that dental professionals have this amazing expertise and experience. We can play an important role in the front lines of improving public health. So when I go through my top five, number one, obviously, um, you know, the, the pandemic, where we are right now. Um, let's just start with the kind of the state of emergency that our country is in. We know that there's problems with vaccine manufacturing and distribution and capacity issues, but we also know there's been a well-documented need for additional vaccine providers. In fact, starting last fall, um, many state and federal agencies like the Department of Health and Human Services have made a call for action. Like we need to mobilize properly trained healthcare workers to participate at the top of their education and training and be empowered to help out. Um, we know that providing additional, you know, vaccine administrators could take an enormous strain off the vaccine delivery system and help ramp up efforts to get vaccines to those who really want it, especially in outreach settings like rural communities. I think one thing that this pandemic has really done for us, right, is it's shed light on the fact that there are many healthcare providers are being underutilized. We can Absolutely. do a much better job utilizing this amazing workforce that we have and and it's going to take a big effort, um, like an all-hands-on-deck approach, if we hope to um, reach these big vaccination goals that our country has set. So this pandemic has shed light on um, we're underutilizing healthcare providers. Providers are not practicing to the top of their education level. Uh, many people have a lot of barriers in accessing healthcare, especially rural areas. Um, and we know that if we expand the workforce, that it's cost effective, it's efficient, it's reliable, and it's safe. Absolutely. You know, I think for so long, 
you know, I, I, hygienists, we complain that people just think that we're toothpickers and don't understand the, the scope and the breadth of our knowledge and our schooling. And this is another great way to say, hey, guys, these are the things that we know. We are pretty wicked smart and, uh, and, and we should be able to, to play in this pool, too. I know there's a hygienist that I interviewed for a podcast a couple weeks ago, Katie Melko, and she had just posted on Facebook that she was giving vaccines um, in her state. I'm pretty sure it was Connecticut. Yes, um, I think she's is, been yeah. volunteering at some of those big, um, you know, convention centers where they're yes. having a big vaccine drive. And it's a great opportunity to help. Yes, actually, I think um, there are seven states right now, I think, that have adopted language to allow dental hygienists to administer vaccines. Nevada, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maryland, New York, Ohio, and Rhode Island. Awesome. Well, let's get all 50. Let's hope. Well, what's number two? Okay, number two. Um, dental hygienists are already essential primary care providers. Like oh, you said. Oh, you think? <laughs> I think I'm going to steal your language. We are wicked smart. Like, I stand by that 100%. So I might have to steal that. Um, it's yours. We, we know that adding dental hygienists to the list of primary care providers um, and administering these life-saving vaccines just makes sense. We already play this critical role um, you know, in our day-to-day jobs. We provide education, prevention, therapeutic services. And actually, since 2018, dental hygienists are classified in the same category as dentists by the U.S. Bureau of Labor as healthcare, diagnosing, or treating practitioners, and we're no longer classified as technicians. So it's exciting to see dental hygienists recognized for their education and, you know, the role that we're playing in this ever kind of evolving healthcare landscape. So we know that we are highly educated, we're skilled, we're licensed healthcare providers, and, you know, practitioner uh, expansion is just really a natural progression. Absolutely. You know, I think that this would go a lot to helping with with that feeling of burnout or that feeling of of just unfulfillment is, you know, really feeling recognized and feeling like that we get to, we get to practice at, you know, to our full scope, as opposed to, you know, just, just, you know, like I said, picking teeth. Right. And I, and I think that's, what's really kept me passionate throughout my career in 25 years. I don't practice the same way today that I did 25 years ago. Um, You know, I work at a complete health dental center. So, you know, we're A1C screenings, high blood pressure, oral cancer um, protocols, doing 3D imaging, uh, CT scans, you know, for airway issues, um, you know, implementing protocols to prevent uh, heart attacks and strokes, you know, so our practice shouldn't be the same as it was 25 years ago. We need to keep up with the times. And, and I do think that's what's kept me so passionate and excited about my career after 25 years. I, I think that is fantastic. Oh, I love it. Well, what's number three? Number three, the vast majority of dental hygienists already give injections um, on a daily basis, right? Um, The administration of local anesthesia is permitted in 45 states, and some have been doing it for over 50 years. Um, I know myself, I've given thousands of dental injections in my career. Actually, for 12 years, worked in a dental office where the dentist I worked for didn't give any local anesthetics. So I did all of the local anesthetic for about 12 years, which was 60 to 65 injections a day. Um, So we know that we are perfectly qualified to give injections. We know that dental hygienists administer local anesthetic. We teach local anesthetic. We give continuing education courses on local anesthetic injections. Um, You know, and and I think in about eight or nine states in the country, um, no supervision is even required to give local anesthetic. Oh, and and wait, people aren't just dropping dead in those eight or nine states? Nobody (laughs) has died. Yep. No, no, nobody has died. (laughs) 
So we know that we already give injections in very much more highly sensitive parts of the body. So uh, we already have that knowledge base as well. And I can say I've gone through the vaccine training and I'm ready to start giving vaccines myself. Um, And believe me, it is a piece of cake compared to um, the education we received with local anesthesia. Oh, that's exciting to hear. All right. Well, what's number four? Number four, HPV. So, you know, we're all talking about COVID right now, but we actually have another virus on our hands that should be concerning. 70% of oropharyngeal cancers may be related to the human papillomavirus, HPV. In June of 2020, the FDA approved the HPV vaccine for the prevention of oropharyngeal cancers, as well as other head and neck cancers caused by HPV. In many communities, especially mine, um, HPV vaccination rates are lagging, especially for the second dose. So for those ages 9 to 12, the HPV vaccine is a two-dose vaccine about six months apart. So, you know, a possible solution, uh, dental offices are the primary healthcare setting for oral cancer education, screening, and awareness. And dental hygienists could play a pretty crucial role in administering the HPV vaccine. Um, you know, two doses, six months apart, that could line up perfectly, you know, with routine dental checkups. And it cleanings. sounds like it's really meant to be for dentistry. I, I have meant to say, to I, was, I was late getting my kids their second dose because just going back into uh, the yeah. office was such a pain in the tuckus and to remember and to have it on the calendar. And and then all of a sudden we went in for, I don't know, a sick visit. And they're like, wait, you're behind. And I was like, we are. I totally forgot. Um, and so to incorporate it within dentistry. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's meant to be. Right. And who better, uh, you know, to remove the stigma, the awkwardness, the you know, because we're talking about, you, you know, it, it, the vaccine in a totally different way, um, other than being a sexually transmitted disease. We're talking about it as just a basic dental service, right? And we're preventing cancers that won't manifest until 20, 30, 40 years later in life. And I think in the dental office, we're just removing the stigma, right? We care about your body. We care about your mouth. We care about your throat. And, it, and it's a very comfortable conversation for uh, for us to have. That, you know, I never thought of it that way, Lancet. That is that's perfect because there are so many people that say, you know, well, you know, my child's not sexually active or whatever. We don't need to worry about that. But really to bring it into we're not talking. We're not just talking about that. We're you know, we're talking about cancer. and We're talking about oral head and neck cancer. And I that's a great way to bridge that gap, I think, or bridge that stigma. Like you said, I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know, you know, right now we're talking about a lot about COVID and COVID vaccines. And in Nevada, hygienists can administer all vaccines in these public health settings. It's not just the COVID vaccine. And and we have some legislation coming up um, in the legislative session here starting in a couple of weeks that would allow dentists, uh, dental hygienists and dental therapists to administer all vaccines in um, in the dental office as well. So that brings me to number five. You know, why should dental hygienists be administering vaccines is because it's all about the future. Um, I personally have the skill set that I'm always thinking about the future. It's actually my favorite thing to think about is not right now. How do we manage a crisis and an emergency? But how do we really prepare for the future of healthcare? Um, increasing access to care, removing barriers, making things more cost efficient, making things more comfortable and easier for our for our poor patients, right? Because none of us are getting any less busy with our lives. In fact, we're we're only getting more busy, right? So when I go to number five, it's it's the future. It's estimated that um, about 31 million people sought out care from a dental provider in in 2017. The American Dental Association says that about 9% of the population will visit a dental office but never set foot into a primary care facility. 
So we know that, um, you know, dental hygienists will have an opportunity to not only help out with this pandemic, but also transition into providing other life-saving vaccines, maybe in the dental office. Um, and there's all kinds of vaccines in the pipeline. It isn't just about COVID, right? Um, we know we have two very temperature-sensitive COVID vaccines right now, but there's 70 in the pipeline being looked at, and some of them are not temperature-sensitive. Um, we also know if we look at, you know, statistics on the flu shot, the uh, goal of healthy people uh, 2020 objectives was that 70% of people received a flu shot. However, statistics show anywhere from like 30 to 35% typically only receive a flu shot. So imagine being able to come in and get your teeth cleaned in the fall and get your flu vaccine at the same time. Um, so that's exciting. Also, you know, we look at shingles and school mandated vaccines. You know, those aren't going away. Millions of children and adults are still going to need those vaccines. We know that one really exciting vaccine that I've been looking at is it's, that's in the pipeline that's being looked at is the vaccine for periodontal disease, right? The vaccine for P. gingivalis. Um, wouldn't we all love as hygienists for that to come to, um, you know, reality? That would be amazing. Um, right. And then other vaccines that might be available in the future that are being looked at is vaccines for HIV. You know, again, that's a virus. Um, 108 vaccines are being investigated for infectious diseases. 14 vaccines are being looked at for allergies and two for Alzheimer's. So when we look at the future, uh, vaccines are not going away. And, you know, many experts are saying this is not going to be our last pandemic either. So, you know, right. how are we armed and ready for the future of healthcare? And that's where I really see the biggest opportunity um, and the role of dental hygienists in administering vaccines. I, I definitely see the future of healthcare, including oral care, that, that, you know, that we're no longer separating those two terms, that it's just health care. It's just health care. Wouldn't that be yeah. amazing? Wouldn't it? That, that there's no yeah. divide there. It's just all one body. It's all one piece. No more social distancing. We are, we are taking care head to toe. Yeah. And I, and I do think that, you know, dental hygienists play such a, a vital role in healthcare just overall. And I know that our profession is, is willing to step up. You know, we get it. We get the oral systemic link. We get treating people like a whole person and not individual body parts. We are smart, wicked smart. And, wicked you know, we're smart. Ready. and we love we're ready. people. We're ready. We for love this. like we love our patients. We love we our people. <laughs> and and so who better than than somebody that loves you to take care of you? I agree. Well, let's review your top five. So number one, uh, the, the top five reasons why dental hygienists should administer vaccines. Number one is the pandemic. Totally makes sense. That's going to help us get through this. Number two, uh, dental hygienists are essential. Oh, right. Yeah, we are essential healthcare providers. Number three, most dental hygienists already give injections, so we know how to do it. Number four, HPV. Let's let's break that stigma and let's. Oh, my goodness. What a big thing. And number five, the future. Really looking forward. Lance, this was a great top five. Thank you so much for opening our eyes and our minds to. Oh, thank you. So good. If people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Absolutely. You can reach out to me via email, uh, lancetvg at gmail.com, L-A-N-C-E-T-T-E-V-G at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook. Instagram is teetharmy. Um, or my website, hygienistforhealth.com. And she totally will become your friend because she became my friend. So, <laughs> so we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com. 
and we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 